I'm Josh Robinson. And I'm Rob Elliott. And we are Everyday iRacers. This was week nine. We're starting to get further on in the season now. Did you race every day this week? I think I signed in every day and did something on the sim every single day. Yeah, we've, we finished week nine, three weeks left in the season. Yep, 10, 11, 12. I think it's starting to get a little more interesting, at least from where I sit, related to how I am uh, in the ratings. Oh, we'll talk about that. Don't worry. <laughs> how did your week start out? Yeah, so spent a couple of days practicing. Monza, was excited about Monza. Had forgotten that it can be a little bit tricky with turn one and you know some of the chicanes, but a couple of nights of practice and then jumped into a race. Don't think the first one went that well, and the second one went a lot better. Yeah, that's good. How many points did you end up with there? I ended up with 70 points, which is actually my strongest showing of the whole season. As the season is winding down, our little rivalry on our IMSA Division 5 has gotten a little more interesting. It started out, oh, we're in Division 5. Let's see how we do. And now it's, I'm coming after you. <laughs> and, and I like the role of the pursuer. You know, it gives me something to chase. And I'm definitely behind and have been since week one, but getting closer. Well, I went into the week and did a Monza race, I think on Wednesday night. I was like, I'm going to get my IMSA race in, see if I can just get some points and get out. We had other things we wanted to do this week. The Daytona 500 was coming up, etc. I went into my IMSA race. It was awesome. It was one of the best iRacing races I've done. It was all the reasons that we got into iRacing. All the things we talk about, about being positive and polite, safe driving and good competition. It was all of that. Everybody was very chit-chatty and gentlemanly. And at the end of the race... You should have been on there. You I know, would, I'm jealous, you would have just loved it because at the end of the race, there were about six of us that hung around afterwards when we were looking at the replay and they were all gushing about how awesome this race was and how great it was to be around such a group of like-minded people. And it was very positive. And I said to these guys, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but Josh and I, we have a podcast and we talk about this exact same thing all the time. So go to Everyday Racers anywhere you can listen to your podcast and, and <laughs> check it out. And they said they were going to. So anyway. yeah. hi guys, nice. great race. Yeah. <laughs> I know when, when you talked about that, you were just, you were still kind of glowing. I think we talked about it the next day and we've talked on here about the things can get a little toxic at times, but, but then to, to have experience like that, it's not that rare. But you take them when you find them and, and enjoy it and it yeah. just keeps you coming back. And like you said, it wasn't just that everyone's like, oh, please pass me and take the lead. It was still fierce competition, but it was tough but fair is what it sounds like. Absolutely. And it was rejuvenating because it's been a little bit, I don't want to say toxic, but the last couple of weeks have been a little rough on the negative chit chat. So furthermore, when I did another race later in the week... Let's just frame this a little bit. I mean, it was a decent race. I picked up uh, ninth place and 47 points. And I thought, oh, that's pretty good. You know, I can hold my own on that. And then you came in with 70 points. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, that is catching up. So 47 means that'll be one of your drops. And again, not to get way down in the weeds on this, but counting our drops, I'm now 16 points behind you. So 16 points. Okay. You've got 325. I've got 309. So 16 points closer. with three races left is pretty tight. So I decided over the weekend, I'm just going to try one more Monza. It was my second IMSA race of the week. <laughs> First one was beautiful. And the second one was full of people barking at each other and calling each other names and saying they shouldn't be there. And it was kind of toxic and it wasn't the most pleasant. Well, so sorry you had an off week with only 47 points. That just breaks my heart and feel really bad for you. Yeah, I see the smile on your face. <laughs> so 
Let's just quickly talk, though, about the rest of our season in IMSA. There are three weeks left. You are how many points back, did you say? Um, 16 points back right now. Okay, that's even, Stephen. I am 31st place, and you are 38th place in oh. our division in IMSA. And Didn't that's, know we were that close. That's, that's awesome. That's close, and that's out of 1,162 racers. So that's, And we're not planning this. This is just how it works out. I mean, It's great. You are right on my heels. We're basically even, and we're going into three more weeks. Road America, which is mm-hmm. next week. Yep. I am shaking in my boots because you know Road America. You've done a bunch of series at Road America. I know the F3 with a ton of downforce at Road America. I'm I'm a little, not nervous, but it, it's going to be tricky with the GTEs. Okay. I've never been there. It is a brand new week for me there. Advantage Josh. Then we go to Spa. I love Spa. I love Spa, but home mm-hmm. of the 1X. So we'll see. It could be a real big deciding factor. And then our final week at Sebring, which I'm looking forward to because we have a big endurance race coming up at Sebring and we need to learn it. It's funny. You and I have probably four or five times just said, hey, let's go run Sebring. You know, we kind of run out of things to do that week or waiting for the next week. And we just have jumped on Sebring a few times and... We have some familiarity, but we haven't intrinsically learned the track. I think there's still a lot of work just learning the track and then getting times down after that. So looking forward to that. So we have an interesting three weeks ahead of us in our fight for the IMSA championship title. (laughs) Championship within the championship there in Division 5. So you did those IMSA races. Did you get up to anything else interesting throughout the week? You know what? Just for fun, I jumped on uh, an F3 at Sakuba. No, Okayama. Okayama and Sakuba are different, but they're sort of in the same vein. But I had spent a little bit of time there just kind of messing around and the Mazdas with a buddy who's just getting started in iRacing. So I said, oh, you know what? I'll jump in the F3. And I had fun. Didn't have a ton of practice time. Certainly didn't win the race, but survived and and had fun. So yeah, that was the other side thing that I did this week. So last night, we both jumped in the Daytona 500. We both jumped in that last available time slot. And if I remember correctly, close to 1,300 other people overall registered for that race. 36 drivers per split and you and i ended up in the same split (laughs) so crazy qualified probably four spots apart i was right behind you i think yep i mean the odds i mean that was awesome we went into the week wanting to do the daytona i hadn't been in an ascar in a month so we thought well let's just go do a bunch of daytonas in the a class fixed throughout the week and i did three of them i think wrecked out in every one of them no real fault of my own. I don't think I mean, you can always take some responsibility for not getting out of the way or something, but just got tangled up. You know, I was like, okay, Daytona 500, maybe this is a bit out of my league. I squeezed in a truck race just for kicks. That was super fun. Oh my gosh. Driving the NASCAR. I don't even know the rules. We're going to get somebody on to talk about NASCAR rules on another <laughs> podcast yeah. episode. I mean, the whole idea of the Joker lap and stuff, that's all very kind of foreign to me. Lucky dog. Yeah, not the Joker lap. There we go. It shows my knowledge right there. But it is super fun. It is. And when you watch you know, the real life Daytona 500 was on TV yesterday. And so now having kind of done some NASCAR and iRacing, I realized that it's not just cars going in a circle. I mean, the race is happening in fractions of miles per hour. The, the jockeying and the strategy and the the partnering, all of that, the race is happening sort of at the micro level within this huge pack. And you get to experience that in iRacing. I mean, I think it does a pretty good job of simulating that. And um, you're side by side. You're focused. It's really intense. It is a lot of fun. And during the weekly race, we were practicing, I think is a 35 lap race and it can get to be a little bit long. You're kind of gripping that wheel and, you know, holding on for dear life and, and all those things. And then to jump in for 200 laps, 
you know what? I think we both figured out that wasn't so bad. You kind of settle into a rhythm and yes, a wreck happens in front of you or maybe you cause a wreck happens, but it wasn't as much of a grind to do 200 laps as I thought it would be. I agree. Super fun. Again, it's crazy that you and I ended up in the same split. It was awesome because we were chatting on Discord as the race was going on. (laughs) Then we we qualified back to back. Then, you know, the race, we don't need to get into the super details, the granular level of the race, but (laughs) how did the race end? Well, we finished 16 seconds apart. Yeah. And just just above mid-pack. You know, there were some highs and there were some lows. And then we kind of settled in and finished just above mid-pack had a blast. Good way to spend three hours. Do I want to do a 500 mile race every weekend? No, but you know what? For these special events, I'm looking forward to Talladega. Let's, let's figure out when that is. Let's jump Yeah, absolutely. Well, we did the Daytona 500. That's just awesome. Really enjoyed it. Time to say goodbye to Daytona for a while though. The Daytona 500 is out of the way. The 24 hours of Daytona is out of the way. It's time to move on. Spent, <laughs> spent a lot of time in Florida. Yeah. And, and, and Rob, one other thing we did that was fun was the Friday night, I guess we're calling it the Friday night fun race, but there were probably six of us, you and I, and and four of our buddies that we race with. And we all jumped in, picked kind of a, not a random track, but a track that we're not familiar with, a car that we're not familiar with and that everybody owns and just jumped in and had a blast, messed around, you know, turned off damage, you know, racing for the win, but just, just to have a good time. Yeah, it was good fun. That was kind of a fun way to end the work week. So I wanted to talk just for a few minutes about Reddit. You talk about Reddit all the time in forums. You, You spend time looking at the forums and stuff. I don't really, but whenever I'm searching something on my phone about iRacing, things come up and then you can view this in Reddit or you can view this in Safari. And I'm like, well, get the Reddit app. I looked at it a little bit, but I'm never really on there until this week. So I went on and joined the iRacing subreddit. Subreddit, you got it. Hey, get the lingo. And there's tens of thousands of people on there. 78,600 to be exact. I'm looking at it right now. And one of the reasons I went on there was you made a post about our podcast. Like, hey, we're doing this podcast called Everyday iRacers. These are the episodes we've done. Go check it out. Yeah. Didn't go on and on, but just put it out there. And- so anyway, I thought 78,000 people on the iRacing subreddit. I don't know how many people are subscribers for iRacing. Have you ever heard that number? No, but I know it's over 100,000. Maybe it's way over now. I don't know. But mm. a fair amount of them have at least subscribed to that subreddit. Like right now, there's 800 of them online actively. So pretty active discussion forum and generally positive. You know, I've noticed someone mm. who's just joined the service will post and say, hey, look, been on for two months. Here's the 10 things I've learned so far. Hope this helps somebody else. So there's kind of a reboot of new people coming in that have maybe a fresh take on what the service means to them. There's, you know, people run into problems. It, it seems to be a great place to kind of find the latest um, rumors of new content, things like that. And this past week, Dale Jr. himself posted and was helping someone with their field of view, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Anyway, someone had just posted a screenshot and said, does this FOV look okay to you or something like that? And he chimed in and the moderators kind of said, oh, Dale, welcome to our subreddit. They kind of made him a verified user. He's not in there posting morning, noon, and night, but just cool that guys like that are are around the, the Reddit forum, reading content, posting occasionally. But yeah, all in all, a great source for, you know, for iRacing enthusiasts to kind of get some some scoop or some help or, I don't know, just stay connected to iRacing. I really do like how some of these big name, you know, quote unquote, famous racers are sim racing and they're very supportive. They're very supportive yeah. in the community. You know, I've been in a race with Rubens Barrichello and Tony Kanan, and they're helpful. They chime in on various social media things or in Discord to help anybody with, you know, some small thing like a field of view, yep. like Dale Jr. did. And 
Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And and it's interesting. Sometimes they have the ability to kind of amplify interesting products or techniques, something like that, without becoming a paid spokesperson for something. And, and so I recently discovered something kind of through Tony Kanan. You know, he he mentioned that he ordered these new wheels from Gomez Sim Racing. So I, I'd never heard of Gomez Sim Racing, so I kind of clicked it. And and what Tony was doing, he was watching, I guess Gomez, but he was building Tony's wheel. Tony had ordered three wheels from him, and he was hand building this thing out of carbon fiber and aluminum. And some of the some of the wheels had screens, and some of them didn't, and whatever. So Tony was using Twitch to watch him on Twitch building his wheel. And yeah, so I subscribed to Gomez Sim Racing, and he comes on once or twice a day, just building wheels and just kind of chatting with people. He's, you know, speaking and they're typing in the chat and he'll just kind of answer their questions. He's a sim racer. He said he actually streamed himself sim racing and everyone's like, who, why are you sim racing? I thought you built wheels. And he said, no, I'm actually a racer first and build wheels. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of soothing. Sometimes I'll just put it on my, my third monitor at work and just have him kind of quietly building, <laughs> building these wheels <laughs> off to the side while I'm sending an email. So th- these big time racers have a chance to amplify um, some of the things in the community. So one of the other questions I get that I find an interesting topic, and that is when your buddy comes over and sees your rig and is saying, wow, that is awesome. How do I get into this? What does it cost? And I take a deep breath because I'm not sure what to say. I'm full of excitement about it because if I could get a buddy involved in sim racing, then we can hang out on Friday nights with my other friends and we can have a great time together and we can do endurance races together and stuff. And it's just a lot of fun. But at the same time, I realize it's expensive and I don't want to impose some of these crazy costs on my friends. But I get this question often like, oh, what does it cost to do that? How do you answer that question? Do you ever get this question? Yep. I think a lot of people, probably a lot of people that you and I know that are candidates for getting into iRacing probably have a wheel in their closet, an old racing wheel that they had for their PlayStation seven years ago. And so sometimes that is good enough to get started. If it's a G29 or something like that, or a Thrustmaster, just kind of plug it in and go. And maybe they even spent a couple hundred on it back in the day. I think if someone is starting from zero and they don't even have a gaming PC, it's a little bit tougher. I started with just using three-year-old laptop that had a decent GPU and was able to kind of try out the service. I've got a friend who's actually kind of going through that same process right now, just to make sure that this is something you want to do before you go out and build, you know, an expensive or even intermediate level gaming PC. You need a wheel, but you can always tell someone, start out with a G29, start out with a Thrustmaster. You are going to spend a couple hundred on that. A buddy of mine, I think he was able to get a wheel stand for 50 bucks on Amazon, showed up two days later, put his wheel, grabbed the wheel out of the closet, plugged it in. And, and he's been on racing with us. You know, he's gotten through the Mazdas into the Ferrari fixed now. Mm-hmm. But I've also noticed that he, he's got an ultra wide screen on order. Yeah. He's got an updated wheel to go on the Thrustmaster base. And so that's how you know someone's kind of, <laughs> as soon as they say, yes, I've ordered this and I'm looking <laughs> at ordering this, you know, they've got the bug, but how do you kind of get them from zero to, you know, up to their angle? ankles and then up to their knees and up to their eyeballs. Um, Yeah. Well, when I started, I found a G29 on Craigslist, but either way, you buy one on Amazon, you buy it on Craigslist. Let's just say you're in for a couple hundred bucks for a wheel. I didn't have a gaming PC. I ended up going to sort of my computer guy friend who fixes my computers at work and he had one and I kind of rented it for a month. Let me just try this out for a month, see if I like it and I'm into it in a month's time, then I'll buy myself a computer. And that's, that's what I did. But you know, not everybody is going to 
find somebody's gaming computer to rent. So you kind of need a gaming computer, but nevertheless, you know, that's a thousand bucks, maybe a bit less. I don't know. I'm going to back it up. Actually, the first thing I did was I went and bought a cheap GPU. I didn't even know what a GPU was a year ago when I got into iRacing. So I spent a hundred bucks on that, dropped it into a computer, ran that on a single screen with my used G29. And then you have to figure out, well, where do you sit? You know, you're sitting in an office desk with wheels and you're sort of clamping your wheel to your to your office desk. Uh, in my case, I grabbed a few two by fours and spent a hundred bucks on Craigslist for like a real car seat, kind of built my own little rig and it's grown from there. But you kind of need to be a little bit of a DIY kind of guy to kind of go at it a bit piecemeal, but you have to sort of moderate those steps, right? cheap office monitor that's sitting in the garage and just use that? The answer is yes. If you don't know if you're totally into this, then for sure. And lots of people do it and they love it and they get along just great. And I've heard interviews of some of the best Coca-Cola series, NASCAR racers who are winning money and they're on a G29 at a desk with a single monitor. You don't need the big triples, but you start with that. And then if you can sell some In my case, I had comic books in the attic that I pulled out and sold to help pay for another little piece of my puzzle. You know, I bought monitors or whatever. So yeah, we all go through it in a different way. But it's a question that I get often. I'm excited to talk about. I want my friends to get involved in it, but I know it's really expensive. It can be really expensive. It can be. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but with some ingenuity and common sense and some sleuthing, you can get it done for a few hundred bucks. Because like you said, that that office monitor, you can probably get 60 frames per second on that. And, and that's a great start. And then maybe you have another office monitor and all of a sudden you've got doubles or something. You're like, is this going to yep. work? I don't know. But you build up from there. And like you say, I, I sold some of my old sim racing gear, sold a drone that I wasn't using anymore. And you, you can justify it, right? And if you freeze at a certain point, say good enough. But I think iRacing, kind of one of their foundational tenets is they don't want to set the bar so high that someone does have to run out and get a $2,500 gaming PC and high-end sim gear. And so they're always trying to find that balance of you know moving the ball forward from a technical and graphics perspective, but making sure that someone like me can run it on their work laptop for three, four weeks while they figure out if it's something they're going to do. Yeah. So. Maybe I shouldn't throw this in there, but in regards to the graphics, it's been kind of gnawing at me all week long. I wish it was better. I don't know. Maybe we talked about this recently. Maybe it's the strength of my computer. I don't have the biggest GPU or anything at all. I could spend money, put a new GPU in, ramp up my settings. But I think even if I had my settings at max, mm-hmm. it still just is missing some realism that I really wish it kind of had. And I get it that they don't want everybody to um, need to run out and buy the, the newest and greatest PC components, but maybe they have like a, a dial, like, hey, if you have the latest and greatest, you can ramp this up and you can get all this realism. And I, maybe it was our chat about the, the grass model last week that got me yeah. thinking about it, but it's more than the grass. It's the pit guy. It's the people in the stands waving around. It's the trees. And then I, I think I was watching a boosted media video. He was on something else. I don't know, not iRacing. And it just it looked better. I was like, whoa, yeah. that looks pretty good. And my thing, you know, push the hot button topic. I'll try not to go off the deep end, but I've kind of fixated on grass as representative of that, right? It's like, all right, if they update the grass model, then they're thinking about the other things. Yeah. I, I kind of have latched onto that. But to me, the thing that would also help is creating some excitement around race day. And I, they go and they scan the track and it's probably like, just an average Tuesday, maybe partly cloudy. And they just scan the track as it is. And they recreate the track mostly how it was on that Tuesday in September. 
which is fine. You certainly capture the track, but what you don't capture is that that atmosphere. There's an atmosphere to racing that makes it exciting. It's sponsor banners. It's the people in the crowd, like you're saying. It's just that that hubbub, that noise that surrounds it. And I know that we're here to simulate driving. And I know that a purist would argue, who cares about all that? But it does. And if, if the practice session was kind of toned down a little bit, and then the qualifying had a little more excitement, and I know that more fans do show up in the stands already and iRacing mm-hmm. on qualifying and more and you know the race day and all that, they do kind of amp that up a little bit. But I think that's what some of the other sims kind of bring to race day is just waving banners. And, and again, that is all very secondary, but it creates that feeling of excitement that surrounds an event. And I, I don't know if they'll ever add that. I don't know if it's their ethos is, nope, we're just focused on the racing. The walls, the four walls of just the asphalt track is what we care about. Everything else is secondary, but eh, well, I wish they would. The track is great. The racing is awesome. I don't have a lot of experience with R-Factor and ACC and Set that kind of, of stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. But I mean, what does it take to get a team of people working on all the stuff outside those track limits, you know? If they could just take some of the best of the others and pull it into into the mm-hmm. iRacing service, they would be untouchable. Why yeah. would, you know? It would. It would put them over the top, right? Yeah. I mean, would, yeah. I mean, you could sit there now and be like, you know what? I want to dabble in ACC every once in a while now because it looks better. It just feels better. It sounds better. You know, there's these little things that, that just make it kind of enjoyable, but they could sort of take all that away if they had a outside the track limit team. They, they yep. probably do. And what do I know? They may not have the financial resources for it. I don't know what it takes to do all this kind of stuff. I'm sure it's very expensive and taxing and they do a good job, but I really kind of wish I'm putting all this effort into increasing my immersion. I've got the triple screens. I'd kind of like to even go above 1080. You're never quite satisfied. You want more force feedback. We've got transducers, you know, there's wind machines. There's all kinds of stuff that are just cool. I mean, I'm kind of a techie guy. I'm a DIY kind of guy. It's fun to tinker with this kind of stuff. And I just wish that iRacing could increase the realism outside the track limits. Oh, I know. Because these updates come out and uh, it'll be like, oh, the Lamborghini has a new tire model. I'm like, okay, I'm happy about that. Right. I'm sure that was a lot of work. Good job, guys. Right. <laughs> but couldn't you say we added a hundred track banners and we, whatever, added yeah. the, the new grass model is here. Celebrate. <laughs> and I'm sure there will be some grumpy people that will say, oh my goodness, you could have refine the Lamborghini tire model more and instead you put a new grass. Are you kidding me? Right. But if you're trying to broaden your base, then then build that excitement, right? And probably a lot of people call it fluff. But that's what draws people in is that excitement. Yeah, the realism, the excitement. So we're on the same page on that 100%. I don't think Um, we're done talking about it. This is going to keep coming up. Because I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. We're not going to be able to help help ourselves. It'll become an ongoing topic. Maybe we can track down an iRacing developer guy to have a chat with us about this. I think that'd be a great idea. Explain why why they can't do it. Because I sure want to know why they're not. We can have a quick conversation about the races coming up this week. Perfect. All right. The European Sprint Series is at Twin Motega. We'll see. I have not been really going to the European Sprint for the last few weeks. Hasn't been super populated. And I found them to be a little bit grumpy, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Last time we jumped in there, Road Atlanta kind of got yelled at by. I will add, though, that the season is going to wrap up with the European Sprint after Twin goes to Monza. So, you know, possibility there. And it yeah. finishes at Le Mans. So oh. I'll definitely end up. Yeah. I'll be there too. The Ferrari series is at Okiyama this week. The Skippies moved north to Canada to Mosport, north of Toronto. VRS is going to be at Sebring, which 
I find kind of interesting because I need to learn Sebring. And I think that there's something to be said for doing it in a GT3. It forces you to sort of learn the track a little more, you know, you're a little bit more sideways. Anyway, it might go to VRS, do some Sebring so that it's not as big of a surprise in our final week when I'm battling you for the IMSA championship. I agree. I may watch a VRS video. Maybe I'll ghost a race if I don't actually go out and run one, but I, I think it's a great way to kind of start to lock that track in. And in closing, uh, this coming weekend is the 12 Hours of Bathurst. I went into it planning on doing it. I had to bow out. I put in some hours, but I just don't have it down. I can't get a full tank of gas and go driving around without ricocheting off walls. And it's a team thing. I, you know, I look forward to doing the Bathurst 1000 and doing more stuff on Mount Panorama, but Right now, I'm not ready for it, so I'm going to have to bow out. But hopefully, some of our teammates are going to put a team together and do it, and I'll be sure to follow it and uh, root them along. Yep, same. So we sure hope that you enjoyed the show. Hit that subscribe button wherever you happen to be listening to your podcast. It really encourages us. Yep. You can also go to anchor.fm slash everydayiracers. That's all one word. And leave us a voice message and tell us what you think. So thanks for listening. We'll see you on the track. <laughs>